learning is a living and dynamic process. We do not stop learning when we get older. Hearing is enriched by learning. In this episode, Rethinking Rehabilitation, we'll hear from a global expert, Professor Ezra Ujil, who will discuss the latest research, the nuances of new versus experienced CI users, and the importance of real-world listening and communication. We will explore the impact of digitization and also discuss the potential future of rehabilitation beyond traditional speech and language measures. This is a podcast for hearing health professionals. If you are a person with hearing loss or a member of the general public, please seek advice from your health professional about treatments for hearing loss. We're excited to have Professor Ezra Yujil with us here today from Turkey. So Professor Yujil, thank you for joining us here on Hearing Health Today. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be a part of this project. So thank you for inviting me. And just out of curiosity, where are you speaking to us from today? Today, I'm at home in Ankara, Turkey. I'm working in Hacettepe University, but we are working uh, from home sometimes. Fantastic. And um, one question we always kick off with before we get into today's topic, what inspired you to pursue a career in hearing healthcare? Well, I've studied my PhD degree on audiology and speech pathology. So I've been working with cochlear implants since 1994, actually. Oh, wow. Well, with the children. And then I tried to work with adults. And when you started working uh, in a subject, you find lots of things to investigate, to explore. And just out of curiosity as well, when you started your career, did you just work with cochlear implant patients or did you work with both hearing aid and cochlear implant patients? In 1994s, there were no so many cochlear implanted patients. And I've started with working uh, hearing impaired people who were using hearing aids or even uh, they were not using any uh, hearing instrument. So cochlear implants was a new era for us. Sure. And it helped a lot uh, to have new techniques in rehab area. So I understand you're a bit of an expert in rehabilitation. And I just wanted to understand from your perspective what the rehabilitation or rehab landscape looks like for both children and adults today. What is state of the art in, in that field? And where do you think there's opportunity to improve? So when we examined the past researchers and evaluated our own experiences with the cochlear implant application, the main goal after cochlear implantation was to enable the individual to hear, understand and speak. And all studies were focused in this direction at that time. Mm -hmm. However, over the years, we realized that providing this should not be the only goal. And existing studies emphasize the importance of providing the individual's entire sensory system and psychosocial competence also. Apart from the five best known senses, the vestibular and proprioceptive sensory systems also differentiate because of hearing nerve and hearing system might be different. So it shows the effect of ensuring the integrative functioning of seven senses, not only hearing, and especially in pediatric and geriatric groups uh, on the individual's cognitive learning and participation in life. It, it sounds like over the years, as you've been working in rehab, yeah. there's been more emphasis on sort of cognitive and, yeah. and social ability. Yeah. What does that look like in practice? So how, how does that evolve 
um, your way of delivering care to patients? What, what do you do differently, I guess, in the clinic that you might not have done in 1994 as you start to bring in some of those cognitive aspects? At that time, uh, we were only dealing with people who were in need of hearing. So we were testing them both in audiological capabilities and their speech recognitions, articulation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that it was not enough for them to be a part of real world. And now we are dealing with their cognitive skills and we are working with our psychologists and uh, neurologists also. And then um, we are dealing with the, especially for the children, the way of learning. How do they learn? Because we realized that they were not differing with normal hearing ones because Mm -hmm. normal hearing children also uh, have different styles of learning. And these children with cochlear implants, they were learning uh, differently from uh, normal hearing ones, Mm -hmm. but going at the same path in learning styles. So we worked with their learning styles, especially sensory integration abilities and have uh, rehab programs in these areas also. And so you mentioned that you work with psychologists and neurologists. Yeah. Are those other professionals co-located in your clinic? Yeah, we have ergotherapists. Uh, we have a psychologist who is only working with hearing impaired people. Oh, wow. Okay. So it really helped us a lot. Is that a relatively new addition to the care team? We had uh, these kind of professionals since 1995 or something like that. Wow. Okay. That's great. I'm curious the difference between pediatric rehabilitation and adult rehabilitation. Are visits for rehabilitation um, covered either by the government or insurance for both pediatrics and adults in Turkey? Now, we didn't have programs in special education centers for adults Mm -hmm. until this year. Oh, wow. uh, Well, uh, but they were also uh, able to uh, go there and have their rehabilitations by uh, audiologists and speech pathologists. And from this year, uh, the rehab program is designed especially for adults. So you would work with a neurologist and a psychologist Uh for adults as well? Or is that something that's more oriented towards pediatrics? It is quite different from pediatrics, but we are also working with these kind of professionals if we need. Because, you know, uh, it depends on their etiology of hearing loss. They might be affected in years, or they might be faced to hearing loss in a very short time. So it differs. Mm -hmm. If they need something like that, we work with these professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned something really interesting. Looking at pediatrics, um, you started to see a difference in learning and the style of learning between newly implanted pediatric children and their uh, normal hearing peers. I'm just curious, how do you track that progress for pediatric patients as they're going through those different cycles of learning and language acquisition. What do you do at your clinic from a rehab perspective just to make sure that um, you are hitting the milestones that uh, you've set out to achieve? Educational programs designed for children with hearing loss um, aim to keep children's auditory functions in the foreground and to use their learning skills by listening. In the past years, um, programs for children with implants were only based on auditory education, which I do not like that. (laughs) So which were only based on listening skills. 
However, um, we found that these children differ from their peers with normal hearing in some issues uh, related to learning in the future. In particular, their learning styles differ and they were insufficient in using visual attention and visual cues also. And they were preferred uh, individual learning ways instead of coding and recalling abstract information into memory, active learning in groups. For mm -hmm. these reasons, uh, the learning styles of children with cochlear implants, we try to determine at the beginning of the program. And just as the children with normal hearing, it was revealed that other learning styles should be strengthened besides the style. So we try to put uh, these learning styles in their rehab programs, individual programs, uh, yep. and every child should have his tailor-made education program, especially with the family, not only for the children. The parents are uh, always uh, in the rehab program. They learn how to evaluate their children's abilities and uh, to find a way to enhance their, their child's learning skills at home. So our program is a holistic one. We aim to uh, enrich their skills on not only hearing, but for seven senses. Even we work on vestibular system, proprioceptive mm. skills, and also visual skills, and these other kinds of um, uh, developmental parts. We usually work on multi-sensorial program, uh, not only hearing. And so how do you come up with the individualized treatment plan or learning plan um, mm -hmm. for a particular child? What does that look like in practice? We know that every child, they all have a different uh, way of development. So in the beginning, we evaluate their developmental status. We evaluate them with different uh, ways, uh, not only with the tests, by playing, by observing the children, child at home, by cameras or by some notes taken by the parents. So we make a plan for each child. And how do you involve the parents? What, like, what's their role in that? At the first stage, we, we try to understand the dynamics of the parents and child and the family. And then uh, we uh, play and we make some tests on the child with the parents. They are always at the room uh, observing what we are doing. And sometimes they interact in the program. And then uh, we pre prepare a program which the parents are also involved. I mean, uh, by turn taking, by playing roles. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, they observe and they do it. And even uh, the a style of talking. It's very important, you know. If the parents uh, do not understand how to talk with the child, sometimes they talk very uh, primitively, just with words, not enlarging the sentences, etc. If you have a child that's implanted, let's say at, at one year of age, um, how yeah. long do they uh, receive rehabilitation care from your center? Well, um, it's a lifelong deal. Uh, we don't know because it depends on the development of the child. But okay. uh, they get it. I mean, they have this opportunity to involve in our program uh, as long as the child needs. Because, you know, the child is a growing and developing uh, thing. Uh, and uh, they need uh, different 
things in their lifetime. So it's a very holistic caring program. And then they have to learn the development pathway of the child. So they learn how to play with the child. They learn how to interact with the child at home. And I'm just thinking for a, a parent of a, a child who's newly implanted with a cochlear implant, this, this must be overwhelming, like a lot of information mm-hmm. that's coming. How do you guys keep it organized? What's that process? Uh, we have some books for parents. We have prepared these kind of things. But um, in every session, we prepare a, a custom-made uh, ch- uh, program for a child. I mean, it's a tailor-made program, actually. Sure. And it is all written, which they can look for after they go back to their home. Mm-hmm. And we also uh, let them to take some pictures or take video during the session. So it is really very helpful for them to also for sharing with the other individuals in the family and what to do and not to do, <laughs> etc. And then also uh, we enable them to take these notes to experts such as special educators or the teachers uh, which are dealing with the child, even with the pediatrics. Some of them pediatrics do not know what the hearing impaired child needs. So with COVID especially, but just the growth of digital technology, how has that changed the way that you provide uh, rehabilitation? Yeah. You know, the conditions we live in today have encouraged mm-hmm. us to use possibilities of digitalization. And we saw different solutions, especially for children who do not have the opportunity to participate in face-to-face rehab and adults um, who have used time effectively and the elderly population uh, who are living alone. And online interviews were were very useful in terms of evaluating children's communication, learning styles, acoustic environment, and similar situations in their home environment. And in addition, um, while focusing more on education programs of the child during the rehab progress, the needs of parents could fall into the background. Parents' contributions, questions, and solutions regarding the development of children can be addressed um, much more effectively through regular online meetings. The topics discussed in the interviews um, should cover all developmental areas of the child um, and not just the auditory journey. Success-oriented digital programs enable children um, to make independent decisions and learn and they reinforce knowledge, instant feedback. It really helps for the children. So you talked a little bit about the individualized learning plan for pediatrics. Mm -hmm. Do you have something similar for adults? Yes. For many years, it was thought that adults didn't need any education or rehab program because they are Mm -hmm. talking, and they were knowing how to read and write. They have the language, so they are going to hear and then uh, go on their lives but it was not like that you know no. we have seen that adults with hearing loss might have some cognition problems also some of memory problems mm-hmm. some uh, perception problems etc and life is not always easy you know we have some challenging situations mm-hmm. uh, they are working or they have some different uh, acoustic environment in their daily lives 
and uh, people uh, do not know how to deal with the with a person who has some hearing needs so we decided to have a program for their um, for adults uh, especially and when the participants might be very good in clinic but it's not the same in the social life yeah you know and we observed that these adults some they face some problems especially related to learning in the following years do you tailor a specific rehab program to their challenges yeah um, they have an auditory cognitive uh, programs with mm-hmm active participation of cognitive skills also included in their programs and these programs are uh, involved are some rapid reasoning decision making making Mm -hmm. auditory visual attention and maintenance and also sometimes uh, we have enrichment of literary skills we have to deal with these kind of things shortening of reaction time etc what type of professional would deliver that program? Different professionals are working in the programs, but uh, they must have an audiologist in the center. They must have a psychologist. They must have uh, teachers of the deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are working collaboratively. I mean, the teacher of the deaf uh, deals with um, the academic pathways of the child, but the mm-hmm. audiologist deals with hearing rehabilitation and psychologists deal with cognitive issues. What about patients that were implanted a few years ago that didn't do rehabilitation at the time? Is there still a a possibility or a need, a benefit for those patients to do a rehabilitation program? Sure. I believe that every every cochlear implant patient needs something. So it it doesn't stop in years. Sometimes they struggle by themselves to to solve these problems. And it's Mm -hmm. really very tiring, you know, for them and for their uh, relatives. But usually the uh, adults uh, believe that, okay, I'm going to get the cochlear implants. I'm going to hear in one year and it will be finished for my life. When you get older, understanding gets slower. And sometimes you will lose some... Uh, abilities, cognitive skills by in by years. Getting older is more problematic for the cochlear implant users because sure. they use their cognitive skills uh, to understand the words, to taking the words and sentences from the memory. Sometimes they get some parts of the sentences and they have to understand the whole sentence by just imagining um, and fixing some parts of the real life. So if their cognitive skills get slower and slower, it makes them very different to make the, use this skill. So uh, we, are, we have uh, these services for these kind of adults forever. I mean, they can come and get uh, help from our clinic uh, if, whenever they would like to. So... Um... You mentioned something earlier around the importance of real-world listening skills and communication, Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. the introduction of cognition into rehab. Why is that so important? Learning is a living and dynamic process. And as with individuals with normal hearing, 
uh, learning needs and styles of individuals with hearing loss also differs. And hearing loss causes us encounter a style other than learning pathways we know in these individuals. To other hearing health professionals that might not prescribe rehabilitation for adults, what would you recommend? They should not only look for the speech perception tests, they have to look for their holistic um, needs mm-hmm. for the adults. They have to uh, look for their reading skills. They have to look for their memory structures. They have to look for reaction times, sensory processing, and they have to look how they learn because learning process, it's a lifelong thing. We do not stop learning when we get older. We are now learning while we are watching TV, while we are reading, while we are chatting, while we are gossiping. We are learning a lot, you know, and this process should go on. It's very important for hearing in techness. Hearing is enriched by learning. Where do you think the next frontier is? Where is rehab going in the future? You know, it's a, it has a much broader meaning today, and I'm sure that it will have much broader in the future. And for example, for a hearing impaired person, it was not so important to uh, get involved in digitalization at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. it, uh, if they could use telephones, some of them could easily use telephone. Okay, it was very good for them. But now we have some different sources to learn, to contact, considering that these needs will be changing. Rehab should be more holistic. Ezra, this has been a fascinating conversation. I've learned a tremendous amount about rehabilitation, both for pediatrics and adults. So thank you so much for coming on the Hearing Health Today podcast. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me to be a part of this podcast. Thank you. We've received some amazing feedback from our listeners around the world, and we'd love for you to share your perspectives with us so we can work towards creating the most engaging podcast as we possibly can. Click the link in the description to share your thoughts. Stay tuned for next time when we speak with Professor Bamani Gopana about factors shaping the hearing loss landscape. Just a quick reminder, the views of the interviewees in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of Cochlear Limited or its subsidiaries. This material is intended for health professionals. If you are a person with hearing loss or a member of the general public, please seek advice from your health professional about treatments for hearing loss. Outcomes may vary and your health professional will advise about the factors which could affect your outcome.